In today's episode, we talk about the need for more focus on supervisors and the people leadership training and support they need to succeed. Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And Sarah, recently my phone rang. Do you ever get that where your phone rings and you have no idea who's on the other end of the line? (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right out of the gate, a food bank director started talking with me about her need for a supervisor training for a new program manager. So she had just promoted this person from working in the warehouse. This person was now, you know, a program director running programs, managing people, overseeing public funding. And She was just talking to me about how this person needed training and was there some source for training? So some source to help this person know some of those basic skills like, you know, how to use Excel, but then some of those higher level skills of like, how do you build a team and how do you lead? I mean, you, I'm sure you work with those issues every day. Absolutely. And and I think we so often underestimate, right? We think, oh, we're doing this great thing. We're promoting a super capable employee and we're giving them this new job with, you know, more pay and more glamour. And they are left thinking, I don't know how to do this yeah. <laughs> and go from feeling competent to feeling incompetent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're really good at doing X. So let's have them oversee everybody who does X, right? right. <laughs> and that's an right. entirely different job. Well, so after I got this phone call, I reached out to our colleague, Sky Mercer. She's an HR expert we've had on this show. We'll link that in the show notes. And we had a whole email exchange back and forth back and forth about the widespread need for supervisor training, that in the post-COVID years, there's been so much movement in the nonprofit workforce. And all that movement means that there's a whole lot of new supervisors who need to know how to lead people. Absolutely. So out of this, you know, always trying to find solutions, Sky and I organized a, a webinar. It was on June 1st. And again, we'll link that in the show notes. And our goal was to help these new supervisors and their bosses wrap their minds around what they need to do. Ah, one of my newer employees who's in a position of helping uh, others succeed took that webinar and found it very helpful. Oh, that's so good to know. And we have a bunch of, you know, resources and whatever that we'll we'll make sure we share. But I found it really interesting because we asked right at the beginning how many of you have had supervisor training and most people said no, none, didn't get any. And then we asked how confident do you feel leading people? because of whatever training you got. And again, it was pretty low. And I found it interesting, you know, what does that mean for our sector if people are not feeling confident in their leadership? You know, that's a little, that makes me nervous. Yes, absolutely. Well, since so many of our listeners may be onboarding new supervisors or they're already supervising and they just never did get that training. So maybe we need some Mm -hmm. backfilling there. We wanted to share some highlights from this conversation. Great, where should we start? Well, I think you need to start with why, right? Why should we do this? We're all tight for time. We're tight for money. Like we don't have resources, you know, falling into our lap. So it's important to start with the why. And I think, you know, first of all, when you invest in your people, you retain your people, right? People want to feel successful. I mean, you don't want to be promoting that warehouse staff person to a program manager position and then immediately have them feel like they're failing, You want them to feel like they're succeeding. 
And with that, you save time and money. I mean, how much backtracking are you doing, you know, training later or catching mistakes or, you know, it could be in this case, if you're processing public funding and you're filling out invoices, you could be losing money in terms of, you know, just wasted resources and not filling out those invoices correctly. And then overall, it improves performance. So we're all about achieving our mission, right? So if we're all better at what we do, we're all going to better contribute to achieving our mission. Absolutely. And I would add one more. And that is if you're if you're a board member, for example, and we're talking about providing some leadership training for your executive director, or if you're an executive director and we're talking about providing some training for maybe a program director, it's also those moments of training or moments of learning and growth are great moments for you to get some insight into what support your staff is going to need over the long haul, right? Because all the you don't just get trained to be a leader in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, this takes ongoing support and growth. And so you also want to invest in it because it helps you see where are we really strong and where are we going to need more support over time? It really establishes that culture that we're a learning organization right? And so we invest in each other, we invest in our people. And this isn't a one and done welcome to orientation. Thank you for coming. See you later. This is a ongoing conversation that you're involved in. So what do you mean when you say supervisor training, Nancy? Like, what are we what are we talking about? I know it's pretty wonky. And I dug into it and really understood that we're talking about two main categories of stuff. And I envision this as a triangle. At the base of the triangle, we're talking about management. So that is employment law compliance, public funding compliance, grievance processes, you know, all that core stuff that everybody needs to know in order to to manage people. But beyond that, kind of building on top of that is the people leadership piece. And so we often do the management piece, like we'll train somebody on what our policies and procedures are. I mean, hopefully we're all doing that. But what we tend to forget is the people leadership piece. So that is much more about how do you build relationships? How do you manage conflict? How do you do that coaching piece? You know, how do you model in yourself the kind of people you want your team to be? And so we just assume that people are natural people leaders, but that's Mm -hmm. a skill that we all need to learn and practice. Right. And I think part of what's really important about training around this is that there are, there's no one exact right way to do this either. Right. And it's part of what you're doing is you're helping your person find their way that they feel comfortable and confident doing it. And that works for the people they're trying to support. So it's both, right? Sometimes as a person who leads other people, I have to get out of my comfort zone because the the person I'm trying to support needs something different than what I would naturally give. And yet you also want me functioning sort of at the level that I'm coming into this feeling confident because I I know what I'm doing. And so I think it's this really interesting discovery process as opposed to a, a training almost. Mm-hmm. It's it's helping that leader realize what their leadership style is and what leadership support their their team needs. Mm-hmm. In the webinar, Sky showed this wonderful picture of a conductor, an orchestra conductor, mm-hmm. and this notion that if that conductor started his or her career as a violinist, say, and was a fantastic violinist, And then for whatever reason, you know, grew grew up into becoming a conductor. 
The job of the conductor is not to play the violin. The job of the conductor is to ensure that the violinists know what they're doing while everybody else knows what they're doing and that the job of the conductor is to ensure that they're all playing well together. That is a different job. And you can tie a direct parallel back to the warehouse manager who got direct got promoted to be a program director, right? The job right. isn't to keep doing job X on steroids. The job is to uh, is job Z now. It's an entirely different job and we need to name it and then provide support around it. So let's go a little bit deeper in how how you do this. And it really gets into the HR system. You know, how are you recruiting people? How are you building out that job description so it is different? It's not just the previous job with management tasks added on, but it's an entirely different job. How do you then onboard? And then how do you think about that training and support that's going to be ongoing, not just orientation, but really matching their needs, their interests, the gaps that they have with whatever training and support you can provide. I think of it as a discovery process as opposed to like a training. It's like, how do we, how do we help Nancy realize, okay, here's, here's where I'm actually, my instincts are good and I'm strong and here's where I need to to gain some knowledge so that I'll be really able to lead. To that point, the first step is to identify what needs to be learned. And I really think it's important to do it from both perspectives, from the boss's perspective. So you might say, I really need you to know X, Y, and Z and, and follow these policies. And here are the conflict kind of methodologies we use and whatever. But also from the new supervisor's perspective, because that person is an individual and your goal is to make them feel more confident. In order for them to feel more confident, they need to to really drive their learning too. And so how do you first identify from both sides what needs to be learned and then create a roadmap? And that roadmap isn't just trainings. I mean, you just you just said it, but yeah. but in a kind of learning organization, we're really scaffolding a whole bunch of opportunities to learn and that gets wonky but you have the the required trainings for compliance or whatever you have the desired trainings those things i really want to learn more about how to do i don't know social media the coaching piece that we've talked a lot about and then really moving towards on the job help so like how do we make sure these people get help when they need it they get connections when they need it and finally i think supporting the new supervisor to build that peer network? Like, how do you make sure they have colleagues so that that it's not just reporting to you, but they have friends and colleagues in other places that they can call on? Absolutely. And, you know, the one other piece I'd add is how do you build into their job moments for reflection? Mm. Um, I, I think anytime we're learning or gaining skill, someone I know who teaches a lot of workshops always builds in these moments for me to pause and actually think, what did I just learn here to, to kind of reinforce it? And I, I, what I love about this roadmap is it's, it's not just one thing. Um, and at each moment, it's like there, there should be opportunities for that person to take the time to reflect on it. Cause that's how they're going to grow. And I find often people feel like that time is like it's too soft. It's not, you know, they're not doing work if they're doing that reflection. And yet it's so important to how you kind of grow. 
And it just goes right back to that modeling, doesn't it? So like in the, you know, if you have the executive director is supporting a new program director to be a new supervisor, you as the executive director are modeling exactly that reflection. You're modeling the curiosity to learn and the humility to say, gosh, I'm not so good at this. Maybe I'll get some training or I'll find a peer contact or whatever, right? You're modeling it the whole time. The other thing I love about the roadmap idea is it lends itself to this notion of this not being a one and done kind of piece. And it really makes me think about having a like year long work plan, right? And maybe we don't know all the potential training opportunities that are going to come up over a year, but we could put down together on your first day um, as a, a new supervisor, like, here are all the things you want to learn about. And let's make sure we're checking in every two months or so to make sure you've had access to something that does that, whether it's on the job or with a colleague or in a more formal workshop. Um, it, it lets us kind of literally map something out over the course of a year. And, and that gives us milestones along the way so that you know I'm serious when I say I want you to feel like you're growing. Mm-hmm. I think we've never talked on this podcast about the performance review process. And that might be something we talk about in the future, but a good episode. Yeah. I feel that this would fold into that in the sense that when I was supervising folks, we'd have that annual conversation around, you know, what happened in the past, what's happening in the future, but it was really centered around learning and this learning roadmap, this supervisor training roadmap piece could really make your professional, your review process so much more robust, it feels. Well, what's our word of the week, Nancy? Well, what, you know, we we tend to be, lately we've been so obvious, it seems to need to be supervised, <laughs> right? And supervise, of course, vise meaning see from Latin, and it really just means oversee. And when I when I think about that, the word supervise tends to have a power dynamic. It tends to have a, you know, I'm supervising you. But when we shift the word to oversee, it has, first of all, a more neutral tone. And it, in my mind, conjures up this image of standing on a mountaintop. And so it's just a kind of like my conductor thought earlier on, it really conveys this notion that you're standing on higher ground. So you can see over the trees, the boulders and whatever that might block of you. And then you can see so much more connection than you can if you're standing down within the trees. And so really Mm. rethinking the supervisor role as just in a different place, a different geography in terms of where they're standing, therefore a different job, therefore a different perspective and that all of that requires a certain level of thought and reflection. Mm, I like that. Thank you for thank you for unpacking that for me because I have to admit I have a very visceral reaction to the word supervisor. I don't it doesn't work for me in especially in the context of small nonprofits because it sounds like like one person is telling another what to do and telling them when they've done it right or wrong. And I just don't think most of our work falls into those kinds of categories. Um, But the notion of what we're training someone to do is to have that bigger picture, that, that sight line that goes beyond the tasks at hand that has deep meaning for me. And I totally agree that that's something we need to grow and develop in our organization so that we have the the next generation of leaders ready to go. Absolutely. And and to be clear, these folks could be paid staff or they could just as well be volunteer volunteer coordinators of volunteers for that matter, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. We in the nonprofit sector, we're in the people business. Whatever our mission is, ultimately our success comes down to how we engage the people on our team to move our programs forward. With all of the staff changes that had happened over the past few years, now might be a great time for your organization to pause and think about the people leaders who move forward your mission. What do they need to succeed? There are resources and partners available to you to help. You got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show today. Tell your friends about the Nonprofit Radio Show and follow us on your favorite podcast app. Visit nonprofitradioshow.com for tips, tools, and free resources for nonprofits. The show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks in partnership with the Nonprofit Learning Center, delivering learning and innovation to help nonprofits thrive. Our production team is Steve Fonslet and Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. We always love to hear from our listeners. We're inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities. 